Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is the round three breakdown for the 3M Open. And joining me on this Saturday evening, it's Kyle Porter. What up, KP? Uh, well, I have one question. It's not, uh, it's not whether Tony Finau can close. It's not whether Richie Wierenski, whose name I'm already tired of saying out loud because I'm so bad at it. Uh, it's not whether he can get his first win. It's whether Greg Ducharme is going to hedge his Warinsky bet at 80 to one. Would you, do you like, what, what, what's your stance on this? Do you hedge? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you do. You have to, right? You have to a 80 to one and your guy is just tied for the lead. Like, yeah, so, you have to. So it's, uh, Warinsky is the favorite actually at plus three thirty three on William Hill. So Michael Thompson plus 350, Finau plus 350, Schwartzel plus 800. Yeah. So how do you hedge it? Like, okay. we're, we're... So for round number purposes, let's say I had $10 on Richie Wierenski. So that's 800 if he wins. Yeah. Uh, I would probably put like, uh, now I hedge small, right? Because I want to keep as much of that ticket alive as possible. So I would put like $30 to win 100 on Michael Thompson 30 on Tony Finau and like 10 on Schwartzel. That way I would make, so that is a $70. So if, if Warinsky wins it, I, I win seven thirty. Yeah. And if Thompson wins, I make like 40 bucks. bucks after all over. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Okay. When it's all said and done. And then basically the same for the other guys, I'd make a little bit more if Schwartzel, Schwartzel won it. But I, I like <laughs> to keep my, 80 to one take. Like, I don't want to hedge half of it or anything like that. Well, J producer Jacob just brought this up. You don't, you're not accounting for the uh, Harris English 62. Yeah. So that's the other problem with golf. <laughs> so I also don't even like hedging golf because there's more than one possible outcome, right? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. very easy to bet. Like, I have a Falcon Super Bowl ticket and they're, I can hedge it every game of the playoffs. Right. 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 There's, there's only two outcomes. There are infinite outcomes in a golf tournament. So I usually let it ride. If I was going to hedge, I would hedge it very small. Yeah, that's interesting. That the uh, <laughs> That's an all-time uh, cold take from us on, <laughs> on Monday or Tuesday, whatever. Listen, like, in our defense, all we said was, I want to hear the reasoning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, Richie Wierenski's best ever OWGR finish was T3 at the Mayakoba in 2018. And, and out of nowhere, Greg's like, he's probably going to win the 3M Open. Okay, so we've been doing this like <laughs> multiple times a week with Greg for eight months and literally have never heard him say Richie Wierenski's no. name. Are they, the are, they like, are they boys? Like, are they tight? Um, well, yeah, did he text him and say, hey, I'm feeling good this week? <laughs> Had to have. I'm, I'm going to say this is insider trading that's going on here. There's no other explanation. Is Greg's side hustle like Richie's like <laughs> chipping coach or something? <laughs> or putting coach. The guy's been lights out on the green. Yeah, he has. Um, we're on YouTube. 
which you can subscribe and like and click the notification bell, all that good stuff. Also, there is a tease in here that says exclusive content might be coming next week. And I literally don't even know what that is, but it yeah, sounds I awesome. I don't either. Is it like <laughs> where I break down the city of Memphis for the good people of, oh, that yeah. follow the first cut? Is that <laughs> it, producer Jacob? Is it just me? No, me you're talking? banned from using the word Memphis on this podcast. Yeah, it doesn't go so well for you, I don't think. <laughs> I'd listen to it, though. That might be the exclusive. You'll have to, you'll have to stay and find out. Uh, all right, 3M open. 54 holes in the books. Michael Thompson, Richie Warinsky, co-lead. Let's talk about Michael Thompson first because he's got a PGA Tour victory. So let's start there. 2013 Honda Classic. It's been 166 starts on tour since that win. And I'll tell you what, about, I don't know, an hour ago from when we were recording this, it was like a four-shot lead. And I was like, oh boy, Michael Thompson's going to run away with this thing. Yeah, it kind of felt that way. He faded really hard coming home. I mean, he had – so he, he lips out the birdie on 15. Uh, 16 was a really bad second shot, the drivable par four. He had to get up and down for par. Bogey 17. Then he had – the bunker shot on 18 was unbelievable. Phenomenal. It was so good. And then he, he reacted on the putt like he just – you know, beat like Justin Rose in a Ryder Cup well, match or the something. Thi- the but. thing about that though, it was, um, it was like a two, it was like a two foot putt. So like, it was yeah. like, he got a big fist bump, but it wasn't like he drained a long putt. Like it was still cool. It was still awesome, but it was like, he tapped it in and then just let it fly. It is, it is cool because I, I'll say this, like you like co- covering the 3M open the week after covering the Memorial, it's just different. Like yep. it just is. But for somebody like Michael Thompson, this is a big deal. Right, Richie Warensky. This is a huge deal. This is, and we're talking about this on on HQ. This is a life changing, career changing moment, and it's cool to see guys treat it like that, and yeah. not just go out there like a Kepka or whatever and be like, ah, oh, yeah, I just uh, you know played bad or whatever. But like, this is still a. It, it's it compared to next week and the week after and last week, it's not. But for all for all these guys that are playing, it is, and so I love seeing that kind of reaction and emotion. So you might not even remember this, but it was probably a couple months ago at this point. We had a conversation, I think, on this pod where it was like, what shot do you, what shot do you think about all the time? And yeah. one of mine was Matthew Wolf making Eagle on 18 at the 3M Open. And for me, it was because it was a life-changing moment and because this kid just secured his card and he was so excited about it. So you're like, I, I like the guys who are like, like this is their week and and they can earn a lot of money. They can earn a lot of FedEx cup points and they can secure their job for the future. And I love that storyline. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Thompson, I, it's kind of weird. Like he had, uh, I, I haven't looked at his top tens in recent years, but he, he wins in 13 2012 us open, which I didn't remember him. That was kind of before I was covering golf. I didn't remember him finishing. He finished second to Webb. I yeah, thought Furyk finished second for some reason. Yeah, that's uh, that has been purged from. My, it was never <laughs> in my memory to be purged, so I don't. I did not know that. <laughs> uh, so he's had like a, I don't know. He it's not. I wouldn't call it a great career, but he's made like nine mil on the PGA Tour. He's had a good career. Like for for somebody, we always give all the shine, all the attention to the Rory and JT and Rom and whatever. Those are like outlier careers. Michael Thompson's career is just a middle of the road PGA tour career. You win once, maybe you win again. And that's great. Like that's a good living and a great career. So yeah, 
I don't know. I'm a little dubious about Sunday. He's 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 gained fewer strokes from tee to green every day, so he's kind of he's kind of gone down each day from tee to green, which tells me that the swing is getting a little little dicey over the you know as the as the tournament kind of progresses. Uh, and him and Rorinsky are both putting it really well, which maybe that's maybe it's just their week. Maybe they just have a great putting week. But I'm still a little little concerned about how Sunday's going to go. I made this. I tried to make this argument on HQ, which is um, I actually kind of like a little adversity for my guys. Yeah, you it, called it, yourself it, Coach K. That was yeah. That was. was uh, it was a weird you, situation, man. You, you things were <laughs> things were moving quickly, or what? I was I was up early this morning. <laughs> I played a six ten a.m. round this morning. You you curse a lot less than Coach K, so at least on here. My yeah, true. On here, I'm very filtered. Uh, my point being that because I think Coach K said this, like you don't want to go into March Madness undefeated, right? Like you want to lose like two weeks before so that you know what that tastes like. You can get a little adversity. Like we, if Michael Thompson goes into Sunday with a four shot lead, imagine a guy who has not won since 2013 sleeping on a four shot lead, and we've seen th- two, three, four shot leads evaporate. Yeah, like quickly on Sundays. Now it's a much different situation where he's still like kind of in control. Like he controls his own destiny, uh, but it's not like he's not expected to win. And I feel like that's good for a guy who's ranked outside the top 200 in the world. That's a great point. And I didn't, you know, that, I mean, the last four holes again, like it's felt, speaking of things moving quickly, they were, you know, he hits it in the water on 18. uh, I think he hit a, was it a bad shot on on seventeen T the par three? I can't remember where he hit that. Yeah, it, he like well, it was like, like short and right, and then he yeah, couldn't get up and down. That's right. Um, so yeah, I I actually like that point. I think that I think him and I think we have a really interesting sort of like psychological deal going on on Sunday with him and Warinsky, who again like it's a life changing deal to win a tournament for either one of them, and then you got Finau over here, who it's like and we're going to talk about him, but it's like, okay, well, how is this going to be different than last week? Is it going to be the same? So I I think physically, whatever, but mentally and psychologically, I think Sunday is going to be really fascinating. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about Richie Wierenski here, but I, I do think, um, so, so this is interesting. So it's, this is his 99th career PGA tour start. So he's a young guy. He doesn't have a bunch of starts underneath his belt. Um, he has a corn Ferry tour win. This is one of those situations where I think the pairing is so critical. Like Michael Thompson and Richie Wierenski is a pretty comfy pairing yeah. on Sunday in the final group. It's not like you have a Tony Fee. I don't even know if Tony Fee now would, would put the fear. You know what I mean? But it's not a Tiger Woods pairing. It's not a Rory McIlroy, a Brooks Kepka pairing. And there's no fans. Like this is what Berger did at Colonial when he went out on Sunday with uh, Howard Varner III and like played well, got himself in a playoff and, and wins the golf tournament. Yeah. No, it's a great point. Uh, Wierenski only hit eight fairways uh, on Saturday, which I didn't know you could even do at Twin <laughs> Cities. Like, how, how, what, like, how is that possible? Yeah. He was 58th, I think, in uh, uh, proximity to the middle of the fairway. His swing is tough. It's not good. Like, I don't enjoy watching it. Um, but, again, the short game, I think he's second or third in strokes game Tita Green. Uh, which is incredibly impressive. So I don't know. I, I, w- which one would you rather win? Would you rather Wierenski or Thompson? Oh man. Um, I was going to say, I don't care, but I was like, I didn't mean it. Like, I don't care. Like, I think both would be kind of cool. Um, yeah. probably Wierenski. 
I think it's, I think the, listen, and I know he's made quote unquote only $9 million, but like Michael Thompson's had a pretty good, like a lot of guys do not keep their card nearly as long as Michael Thompson has. Uh, Richie Warinsky, I think is representative of the deeper, younger tour. And I think I would probably prefer he wins. There's a little, uh, and I think Homa's a better player, but there's a little Max Homa in there in terms yeah. of like you you get out there. I I, can, I think Homa had a I think Homa was pretty good at Cal at least in his college career. I don't know how good Wolinski was at Georgia Tech, but then you get out on tour and you're like, oh, this is different. Like this is <laughs> yeah. you know it takes four, five, six years uh, to kind of figure things out. And then we see Homa win at Wells Fargo last year, and that was a huge deal. I mean, that was that was. I don't know. I don't. I think they're about the same age, so sort of the same type. Uh, I don't know about trajectory. I, again, I think Home is a better player than Warinsky is, but the same same kind of storyline or narrative going into the final round. I also think it would be very cool to go have the big break win and a PGA Tour win on your resume. Does like, the big break? Do you get OWGR points for that or no? <laughs> you should. You should. Uh, Tony Finau won it, right? I know he was on it, but he did he actually win the big break? I I don't know. It was like Tommy Ganey. How many? I wonder how many guys that are actually on tour have been on. There's got to be somebody's made that list, I'm sure. But have been like we're previously on big break. I'm sure there's a list somewhere. Tony Finau finished second in big break Disney. <laughs> what a what, who did he lose to? <laughs> what a thing on what a thing to put on your resume. Here we go. I have it right here. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he finished second, by the way, and not first. He lost to. Oh no, this is not right. This can't be right. We'll have to come back on that because that is not right. Uh, so let's talk about Tony Finau, can we? Yes, I'm. We've carved out like 45 minutes. I think. Perfect. We ran through the top two so we could get to Tony Finau. Um, via Justin Ray, this will be the 10th time Tony Finau has been at or within three shots of the lead entering the final round on the PGA tour since he won the Puerto Rico open four years ago. I think you were kind of getting at this on HQ at some point today. Um, it's almost statistically improbable that he's not won a golf tournament. 33 right? top tens in the last four years. No wins. 33 top tens. That's like, that's sort of akin to Sergio's major, like, run over the last 20 years where he had I think it was close to that number actually like 30 or so top tens maybe producer Jacob can pull that up before he won the masters and you're like I don't understand and and that staff from from J-Ray uh, kind of proves that it's not it's not as if they're like the Kuchar top 10 the back door you know shoot a 63 on Sunday top 10 these are like where he's at or near the lead and I don't know, man. Like, I really like Tony Finau as a player. Uh, also, personally, I've talked to him. I've been around him a, very little. But he's awesome. Like, he's he like the way that you perceive him on TV is exactly how he is in real life. Like, he's very affable. He's got all these kids. He's, he's just, he's just a, like a, a nice guy. I don't know how yeah. else to, like, I don't know how to say it better than that. I, but. I, yeah, sorry. Well, I just, I, I want your take on can you be a top 20 guy and not win? Like, no. I, I don't like, I know what the OWGR says. I know what the strokes gain say, but I, I feel like at some point you, you have to win to be like a top 20 guy. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to like kind of parse that out, I guess. 
this is our fault. This is our fault for making wins as important as we deem them to be. But I feel like also the players deem them to be. And and no, you can't be a top 20 player if you can never beat everybody in the field. Like, I don't know how else to really put it. And and maybe it's one of these things where if Finau wins once, it might be a floodgate situation. And he just – because he puts himself in, in position so often. And I love the point that it's not – the Matt Kuchar situation where he just backdoors every top 10. It's like, he's in it. Like he's legit in these golf tournaments. And I would love to see the floodgates open because I think Tony Finau could be a, a star. Like Tony Finau could be like a face of golf type type of guy because he's such a good guy. He has a sexy skill set, which is bomb the ball, make a bunch of birdies. Like, He's already a like he looks cool like like Ricky Fowler does like like seriously though but like he could be a star but no one knows him because he doesn't win. He looks cool. He, he does. does kind of, he does look cool. He he, I, I could do without the shoes. The shoes are weird. What's wrong with oh the flat like the flat sole ones? Yeah, they look like uh, they look like somebody like grabbed him and like cut off the like the top of them. Remember when he wore? Okay, remember when he dislocated his ankle? Obviously, you remember that. But didn't he wear like uh, a high top after that, like on the one ankle to like secure it? Yeah, which he should always—he should wear high tops on the course. I would love that. He—I mean, it would fit his whole deal. Like it would be perfect. Yeah. Um. I, I, yeah. He's got to—he's got to win golf. He's got to win golf tournaments. Like, okay. Let me throw this at you. Who—who's—who's? Who's, and it's hard because it—it it depends on how you're defining this. If you say, "Who's better at golf?" Like, like. The, the terminology matters, like better at golf, better career, but be, you know, all these different ways that we can say it. But if I give you Kevin Kisner or Tony Finau, like who, like who's a better player, right? And yeah, like, like statistically Finau is just better, like in, in pretty much every way, but <laughs> yeah. Kisner's got what four wins, three wins, and he's yeah. won some like pretty good events. And so I don't really know what to do with that. Cause even with somebody like a, like a Ricky Fowler, who people are like, Oh, he never went. Well, he's won five times. Like, it's not like he doesn't yeah. win like Finau. And so I just, I don't really know what bucket to put Finau in. Either do I. It's, it's really a weird situation. I mean, we, we've, we kind of talked about this a little bit with Webb when Webb was gaining so many strokes and he was gaining like two strokes per round. And we're like, it's impossible that he has not won in however long it, it, it was since he won. And then he did, but Webb had already had a major victory. And like, I don't know. It just, it just feels like... Tony puts himself in all these great situations. And, and, I, and I do think it is a floodgate situation, right? Like, like, there is no other way to kind of describe this than either extremely unlucky or just mental. Like, there's, there's no other way, I think. So I'm looking at wins. So Finau's played, let's see here, 158 events. And he's got one win. I thought that that was... Uh, let's see. Okay, I've got Dustin Johnson pulled up because I thought he. Because remember, he I didn't win for. Or was it DJ? Maybe it was Jason Day. Ignore me. Back to whatever you were talking about. Well, Jason Day won like seven times in like whatever that was, fifteen months. That was absolutely okay, wild. So okay, so I just pulled up Jason Day. He had one win through his first hundred and thirty-six events on tour. And what's Tony at one sixty something? He's at one fifty-eight. Oh, so okay. it's not. So if he won to, so if he won on Sunday. He'd be at two. He'd be at two, and Day was at three through 158. So it's a little bit of the same. I don't know. Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves with the Finau can't win deal, but 
at some point you do actually have to go and do it. Do you think he, do you think he will win on Sunday? No, <laughs> I, 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 I know. I knew you didn't. I could tell. I just, I just think that, uh, you know, we kind of talked about that. First of all, he's two shots back and there's a lot of other scenarios that can play out. Like, like Denny McCarthy could go shoot another 64 and win this thing. Or Max Homa goes out. Like it, there, there's other scenarios that are not just, if we removed the other 100 and whatever players, or I guess post cut, like if we just have Michael Thompson, Richie Wernski and Tony Finau left, like maybe I'd be interested in Tony Finau, but there's, there's a million other scenarios that play out here. It is interesting because I feel like we sort of categorize these guys early on and they, and they, or we label them early on and it's hard for them to get out of that label. Like think about uh, JT at work day a couple weeks ago, he melted down last three holes, right? Two bogeys in the last three loses in a playoff. If that was Finau or Fowler or Fleetwood or one of those guys, we would be losing our minds, but it's JT and you're like, ah, whatever. Like that's an out that, that doesn't, that doesn't really count. I mean, that's sort of the way I explain it away. That's a really Um, good point. And so Finau is almost the opposite way. Like he has to, like even if he does win and shoots like a sixty-five tomorrow, we'll, we'll it, that the label will still linger a little bit. I, or, I feel like, or even if he shoots like a bogey-free sixty-seven and doesn't win, we're gonna be like, oh, Tony doesn't win, and, yeah. and like he did everything he like everything he needed to do, but it didn't shake out for him. That's a yeah. really good point. And it's a it's a little like the uh, the Rory on Rory can't close on Sundays type deal that was going on for the last three years, and you're like, okay, well. That might be true, but let's look at like what actually happened on those Sundays. That, that some of this is like I feel like happening to Fee now. Like he had a couple of uh, of opportunities. I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago in the playoffs, and he played really well, but like somebody else played better. And that I don't know. I I love getting into this stuff, but it's so hard once you get into the weeds of it, the details of it, because you win so few times anyway that it, it's just right. it, it's like. It's like the difference between three wins and one is enormous, even though that's only like could be like a three shot difference over the course of your career. It, it is kind of crazy. Um, and I think we've talked about this with major championships before is like the, mar- the, the margin of winning and losing on tour is incredibly small. And then also like the four times a year that majors happen. And if one thing goes, you're like, you, oh. only, get, you only put yourself in a situation maybe in your entire life, like, twice in a major championship to even be in contention like it, it, you're right the difference between three wins and one for us is massive but in real life in golf it's like completely random well that's like i mean it, it goes back to to uh, shane lowry last year at the open you're you're on the you're on the 10th tee at the open at port rush and you're leading and you have i mean there's no way you can't be thinking this will th- this will never happen again you're shane lowry it's not like you get 15 rips at it like you might get two maybe but that's probably it, and you know it, and you still go out and win it like he did. That's sick. Like that's so impressive. Let's talk about what Tony shoot, Tony Finau is going to shoot on Sunday. And if you know this or would like to guess this, you have an opportunity to win one thousand dollars with no need to put your own money at stake. Just go to cbssports.com/golfprops to play. There is a final round showdown with one thousand dollars on the line. Check out the link in the description for your chance to win. And this is one of the questions from our final round game, Kyle. What will Tony Finau's final round score be? Over 67 and a half, under 67 and a half. That's such a, it's a good number. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, uh, I think he's going to win. 
I think he shoots 67. So under. Yeah. I think I also like the under. I mean, he didn't even play all that well on Saturday, and he shot a 69. Right, like two under, and like uh, the midst of the middle of parts was round, like weren't all that good. And uh, scoring was really low on Saturday. We know weather's kind of rolled in, like you could get some pretty good scoring opportunities and scoring conditions on Sunday. I also think it's conceivable he shoots a 67 and doesn't win the golf tournament. So I'll take yeah, that for sure. Uh, by the way, he hit seven fairways on Saturday. I, that's the part that, and you brought this up on HQ, like he hits that shot on 16 and it almost goes in the water, and you've got you've got all this room to the left and I just, and maybe we get fooled by how short his, his backswing is with his driver. And so we think he has more control over it than he actually does. But I just, the driver thing, it's like, I, I don't understand this. You're not, you're, you're, it's not even like that long of a course. You've got wide open fairways. Just get, just, I, I don't know. Swing 75%, put it on the middle. I, I don't get that. Or go the other way and do the Bryson and just try to drive every green. I mean, that's a little bit of what he started trying to do at Muirfield Village last week. And I thought it was awesome. It's like, yeah, let's see this more often. Like, you know, he's pulling three wood on some of these holes at at Twin Cities. And it's like, man, Bryson would be 10 feet from the green. It might be all over the place, but at least (laughs) you're 50 yards ahead of everybody. I I don't know. It, It feels like he doesn't have a plan with driver. He might not have a plan with driver. He, he really does. I, I don't have a plan with driver. <laughs> I have I have zero plan when I pull driver, but he should. Um, we're going to talk about who we think is going to win. We're going to talk about plays and fades. Uh, real quick, here is the big break alums. Uh, Matt Every, Tommy Ganey, Tony Finau. Uh, they've all won on the PGA Tour. And also, Tony Finau lost to Mike Perez, who is Pat Perez's brother. Wow. Wasn't, wasn't Finau's brother on there also? I cannot confirm that. I think he was. <laughs> I'll need more research time on that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. And we're back. KP, this is what we've been doing basically every, I guess after every recap round, we're trying to do these plays and fades. The formula's pretty easy. Get guys who are striking it well and putting poorly and put them up against guys that are putting red hot fire that likely cannot keep it going uh, and that are hitting it poorly. Well, I've got a couple of those guys for you. Uh, I like these. Ryan Moore, there's a name. 4.3 4.3 strokes gained T to green. Was that today alone? Was that Saturday's round alone? That might be pretty crazy. I think that is today. It is. Wow. 4.3 in one round on Saturday. Lost 2.6 putting. That is a guy who likely should be coming back to this. So, so when you're looking at this stuff, do you only look at the day before? Or is it helpful to go back like two or three days if you're, if you're talking about Sunday? So glad you asked. Um, I think the better way to do it, it, like the more bounce back situation would be one day to just okay. look at the rounds prior. Okay. Sometimes you can, you can see a little bit more when you look at rounds one rounds, rounds two and round three, but I'll tell you what, sometimes if guys like lost put, strokes putting for three days straight, it's not coming back. Like they've, they've lost something. 
Well, that that's a little bit of what I, I, I and I struggle with this because I've been talking about like Wierenski and Thompson, they're two and three in putting. And you're like, maybe maybe it's just their week. Like at, at, right. at what at what point do you say, well, this is just like the theme for the week instead of oh well there there will be a, like a correction to the to the median. There there is situations where they either found something or they I mean we've heard guys say this, right? They they just like the greens or they just like the way they look or it fits their eye or whatever and that can last for 4 days because they haven't changed venues or anything like that. So I, I do like kind of one round for for the bounce back situation. Yeah, so we got we got Ryan Moore and I don't know how do you say his name? Matthias? Matthias Schwab. Schwab. He's one of the Austrian Austrian brothers with burned Wiesberger. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Aaron Aaron Badley who is plus uh, 2.4 putting and minus 2.7 T to green, which I'll tell you what, that's basically his normal line. Isn't no it? surprise. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. Like maybe you should, maybe that's just what it is. Like with, with Aaron Baddeley. Uh picks the win. So you mentioned it at the top. I think Richie Wierenski, uh, he's the favorite here. Plus three thirty-three. a slight, that's crazy. Yeah. A slight favorite over Michael Thompson is three and a half to one. Tony Finau down two shots. Also three and a half to one kind of crazy as well. Obviously that's, uh, what William Hill thinks the uh, the skill difference is. So you you think Tony Finau wins this golf tournament, breaks the Puerto Rico Open curse? I I don't know if I think it as much as I just want it. Me too. It would be fun to write. It would be um, I think it'd be a great bounce back from last week. I mean, last week he got I don't know if he got eviscerated like by people like us, but it wasn't it didn't help his cause, right? It didn't help the narrative around Finau. And I think this week, if you're really, really paying attention, I think it, like people will look at the resume and be like, oh, 3M open, whatever, not a great field. But I think a win for Fina here would be more important than just winning the 3M open, right? Like it would be the value in it for him would be greater than just winning a kind of mm-hmm. bad field event. It would be, it would be incredibly, valuable, uh, incredibly valuable, especially going into the major season. I agree. I mean, you give a guy who has this level of skill uh, and this ceiling a little bit of confidence heading into seven majors in whatever it is, 11 months, uh, that's scary. Like, yeah. like I, I would like that. I mean, and he's been all, outside of like, you know, he was awesome last week and then he melted down. He was, he's mostly awesome this week. Like Finau's playing great. I, I would like to stop talking about the Puerto Rico Open curse. I hope he wins it. Uh, I, I do think if we can get a floodgate situation to be good for the game of golf. If I think, I think Finau is, uh, I think he could be problematic at Harding park. What's, what's his, uh, what's his number there? He is 33. That's it's not as I long j- as I, I jump on that. I thought he'd be longer than that in that field. I thought he'd be in the forties or fifties. I have He's, a you okay. You know that not to derail this. I have a Sung JM one forty to one ticket at the PGA Championship, which before the break was like a, a gold mine, and, and now I'm like I'm even not that excited about it. Anymore. Yeah, you can just tear that one up. Uh, he's Finau's the same as. Uh, oh, I didn't think I was going to get this in. He's the same as Jordan Spieth. Wow, under the wire thirty. Yeah. <laughs> 30 15 we just got it in before i shut this down uh justin rose hideki finau fleetwood adam scott all 30 that, that feels right i mean again yeah. though like win something you know like you got to go do it you got to do it i think we'll leave it at that yeah 
catch the final rounds on CBS Sunday, 3 Eastern. Also streaming on CBSSports.com and the CBS Sports mobile app. Thank you to Kyle Porter. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. I'm at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. Catch you next time. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.